Welcome to Paddy Talks, brought to you thanks to Seed Golf, who deliver you affordable to performance, same performance, half the price. Check them out at www.seedgolf.com and try them today. Thank you for pressing play. Welcome to episode two. Myself and my good buddy John will be previewing the upcoming Irish Open. But as Gay Byrne would have said back in the day, roll it there, Roisin. Listen, we're talking about practice. Joe Brawley told us the production line was finished in Kerry. Well, Joe Brawley, what do you think of that? Sunderland Donovan is the left cornerback. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Oh, holy Moses. It's all on this. Here it comes. Oh, wow. In your life have you seen anything like that? Welcome to Paddy Talks. In today's show, myself and my buddy John will be previewing this week's Irish Open being held at our home course, Lehinch Golf Club. So if you're planning to travel down this week or if you are listening to us on your commute to Lehinch, hopefully we will answer some of the questions you may have. We'll be going through a couple of items, the traffic management plan, so really key if you're driving, the shuttle buses, the times, access times to the course, some of the marquee players playing the event itself, our opinions of some of the better vantage points to watch the golf, uh, who we think will come away with a trophy on Sunday, and five things to do in La Hinch aside from watching the golf, including post-golf entertainment in the Central Village. So first, the traffic management plan. So all public golf traffic will be directed towards La Hinch Golf Club from as far as the M18. Now that's the road, the motorway between Limerick and Galway. Uh, to facilitate appropriate flows and to avoid congestion on the local road network. Traffic from the Galway direction and from the Limerick side will be directed onto the M18 motorway towards Ennis, exiting at Junction 12. From there, you'll be directed towards Ina. There's a lovely brewery there, so only have the one if you're driving, maybe. Maybe half a pint. Where the public traffic will then turn left onto Milltown Malbay, so kind of around the world, uh, to join the N67, which then travels north towards Lahinch, and the main park and ride facility for shuttle buses is located at Moy. Golf traffic within North Clare will be directed along the N67 from Ballyvahan, so that's heading down toward the Cliffs of Moher. But to avoid congestion there with all the wide Atlantic Way traffic, you will be directed before getting to the Cliffs of Moher to come along by Dunagar Tower, and that's a really good spot to get a photo. Um, but then you'll come down to the North Park and My Facility, located opposite Kilmacreehy Cemetery. Um, you won't be going there to die, you'll be going there to park in Lascanner. So for David Conway and family who hopefully are listening, there will be a lot of traffic passing your house. You are advised to turn off all of your sat-nav devices and follow the appropriate signage and listen to all those lovely Gardaí on duty. So in relation to transport from the park and ride, there's going to be shuttle buses running daily. These shuttle buses are free for all golf traffic and members of the public who may wish to attend the golf. However, if you don't want to go to the golf and go to the beach instead, you can still avail of these shuttle buses. The shuttle buses are running from Wednesday until Sunday between the hours of 6am and 10 o'clock at night. So, in relation to access times, the course is not open to the public on Tuesday. The program starts on Wednesday. It's going to be gates open at 7.15 with tea off for the morning groups at 7.45. It's a shotgun start. Second groupings are going to go off then at 1.30. Uh, in relation to the golf itself, the gates open every morning from Thursday till Sunday at 6.30 with golf commencing at 6.45. Thursday and Friday, golf's hopefully going to be finished around quarter to nine. Saturday and Sunday, the golf is going to commence at 6.45, finish at five o'clock in the evening and it gives plenty of time to get uptown or get across to the championship village for the after golf entertainment in relation to tickets under 12s are free and when accompanied by an adult uh, customers 12 to 17 are entitled to a junior ticket customers between 18 and 21 are entitled to a concession ticket and customers over 60 years of age are entitled to concession tickets as well students just bring your student card 
and you'll get a concession ticket as well. So this year for the Irish Open, we have a number of top 50 players playing in the Hinch. There is John Ram, Tommy Fleetwood, Louis Ostazen, Matt Wallace, Shane Lowry, Ian Poulter, Eddie Pepperell, and Rafa Cabrera-Bello. Again, there's a legends category this year, including Padraig Carrington, Thomas Bjorn, Darren Clark, Gray McDowell, and Robert Carlson. There is an ocean of Irish players coming. So we have Padraig Carrington, Darren Clark, as mentioned before. They're in the legends category. Graham McDowell, and successfully after getting into the British Open, so fantastic to see Graham there. Greystone's man, Paul Dunn. A certain man from Clara, Shane Lowry. Robin Dawson, Gavin Moynihan, Seamus Power, the Dacia man. And then those who qualified through Maui Valley over the weekend were Brian Casey. He was nine under par for the couple of days. Paul McBride, Conor O'Rourke, native man in Nace. And Michael McGeady survived a three-man playoff and birdied the second hole to get in. Noteworthy, of course, is young James Sugu from Mallow, recent winner in the amateur championship held in Port Marnock in the island last week, or a couple of weeks ago at this stage, and he should be playing in the Pro-Am on Wednesday. He won't be playing in the tournament due to other commitments. I think there's a certain European amateur event to be played. Now, there is a certain man from the island of Ireland who's missing this week, and that is Rory McIlroy. What do you think about that one, John? Like McIlroy's done a lot for the Irish Open in the last number of years. He's brought it back from the dead, but it looks like the... European Tour have really gone into marketing overdrive since McIlroy has said he wasn't coming like everywhere you look at they've been pushing it and pushing it and they've got a great field like so the the loss of McIlroy isn't going to be as isn't going to be felt as much as we thought I definitely think so like a year ago I think he committed after after being up north um, where was it held last year Ballyliffin Ballyliffin yeah yeah so I think he committed and then he kind of as Rory does every Christmas he kind of reviews his schedule going for the year ahead and Rory takes care of Rory and he's done great things for the Irish Open and, and like you said there the European Tour they've rode in massively behind this and I think a certain Mr McGinley uh, has to be thanked gratefully for that one in terms of the work he's done with the European Tour uh, to bring all these great players here you can't really blame McRoy this year like with the British Open on in, in Portrush in two weeks time you know, as you said, he has to look after himself and this has given him a chance to win a major on his home course. Oh, definitely. But I mean, he's won it in the past. The The box is ticked. His main focus, in, in my opinion, and, and of course this podcast is totally our opinions, um, not those of our employers. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's all majors for Rory um, and he does want to be on the road three, four weeks in a row. Um, so those marquee players, um, and they're, they are those in the top 50. It's going to be absolutely unbelievable to see them in the flesh. It, it is in fairness and it's it's great to see the likes of Sh- uh, Shane Lowry, Clark, Harrington, people have played in the Hinch before, played in the, the South of Ireland, Gray McDowell as well. So there's a number of past champions there. No, definitely. And I, and I think that's key for something I'm going to discuss in this podcast as well going forward is like the role, um, not the Hinch plays, but I'll say that the role that the amateur game has for future professionals coming from Ireland. So it's great to see that James Hugo was coming to the Pro-Am. He won the South of Ireland in 2017. Paddy Harrington, my namesake, he got to a couple of finals but was beaten, wasn't that right? Been in two finals, but I think he won the it's either the close or the the amateur in in Le Hinch as well. Oh, that's right. He won the he won the close years and years ago. Um so if you do get a chance, if you're coming down to Hinch Golf Club, if you do get access to the golf course or sorry, if you do get access to the clubhouse uh, with a member, uh, don't sneak in. Um, there is a wall dedicated to all the finalists of the south of Ireland uh, just before you get into the restaurant. It's something I used to peruse um, when I was a junior. I used to spend hours in that hallway. <laughs> Trying to get your picture up there. That ain't ever going to happen. <laughs> so where should you bait yourself on the course uh, during the days that the tournament is running in the Irish Open? Well, there are grandstands to sit and enjoy the action. 
there's a free spectator grandstand seating are available on the first tee for 286 people that's massive that's right behind the goat the statue of the goat there and uh, there's one on the 50 for 219 seats and on the 18th green is the large grandstand for 638 people and uh, partially for free seating and there's a large section of that which is uh, pre-booked i believe saturday and sunday is fully booked fully booked at this stage yeah yeah for the pre-booked seating um so there is a section of it that is free uh, all grandstands are first come first served so if you want a seat um to see hopefully uh, my bookies matt wallace win on sunday um yeah get in there early john where will you be basing yourself there's on course catering on the on the range so you might spend some time there boozing away or on the 16th green um boozing away responsibly the sixth fairway there's more catering there that's what we'll call it and then to relieve yourself after said catering there's toilet facilities in the spectator village of course the 16th green I'm not on the green beside it. Uh, sixth fairway and beside the third tee. So loads of places to eat and drink my waddies or something stronger or indeed um, to, to, to run to the little boys room or little girls room. So, but where will you be standing, John? I suppose we've got the... We're, we're lucky enough that we're members. We know where the best places are to look or best places are to view. So Well, um, I'm not going to stay in the veranda all day. I want to go out and see some golf as well. <laughs> well I'm kind of thinking the same, but I want to get out to the ninth tee box. It's the, the highest point on the course, so you'll get tee shots into the 8th, par 3, tee shots off the ninth, tee shots into the 11th, tee shots off 12, and approach shots into the 10th. That's lots of golf to see from one place. So, Loads. like, for people who haven't visited Lynch before, the 9th tee box is where Tom Watson stood in the late 80s and declared it the most beautiful place in golf. True, true. But the only other thing as well, it's a tiny little spot, so not too many people are going to fit up there. So if everyone that's listening to this podcast tries to get up there, I'm not going to get my spot. And there's only maybe four or five people listening to this, so um, we'll be okay. But that's true. If you do want one of the spots like on the back of the night tee box, get there early. It is on a sand dune, so there isn't really any flat places to put a, a pop-up seat. So if you are coming up there, bring a walking stick for support. Where I'd like to stand is kind of in and around um, the back of the 16th tee, because that's another good vantage point. Again... There won't be any grandstand. It would be in behind the ropes there, but you would be able to see approach shots into the 12th green, the par five. You would be able to see tee shots into the risk and reward 13 toll, the mine. Uh, if you crane your neck, you might see people teeing off on 14. You will see people approaching onto 15. You mightn't see the results. It's a bit hidden, but you'll see tee shots down into the 16th green as well. So that's another area where you'll see four or five holes worth of action. And you'll also see the brand new BMW 8 series that's on offer for a hole in one on 16. BMW, semi-sponsorship in the post. In terms of other areas, the grandstands are covered. Other nice places to stand is, I suppose, the back of the second tee box there. You get action into the first green, tee, box, tee shots on two. You'll see green action on the third green and tee shots on the Klondike, the fourth. And um, their blind second shot from the, the higher vantage point into the green. True, but you could also get to the back of the fifth green and stand on the mound there. where You'll see the tee shots coming into the, the Dell, the famous hole at Le Hinch. And also get to see the tee shots off the 6th. Yeah, so that's a good three, four, five places to stand. Again, get there early. There isn't, aside from the grandstands, it would all be, you know, pitch, not pitch a tent, but pitch up and, and get your spot. You don't want to miss out on some fantastic golf. Yeah, I think the 5th is going to be totally special. It's something new. It's a blind par 3 for the pros. So they'll be hitting their tee shots and hoping to get it over a white rock on the front mound. It's just kind of get up there and see where you land. That would be very interesting to see how the likes of Sky Sports and the Golf Channel, who are both on site, see how they capture the action in that hole. Will there be a lot of drones in the sky to try and capture those ones? I don't know. I know there's supposed to be a big screen TV at the side of the tee box to let people 
that are sitting in the grandstand see where the balls end up because otherwise you're just seeing a tee shot going into the sky and that's that's about it well it's a fantastic hole and i can't wait to see what the pros think of it and the spectators think of the dell uh, Klondike and the dell are the two famously named holes in the hinch both feature blind shots the Klondike the the second shot is blind well hopefully your second shot is blind <laughs> Um, it's a par five for us, but it's a par four for the pros. So there's a bit of action around the actual par for the course for us and for the south of Ireland and and the home internet. Well, maybe not for the home internationals, but it's a par seventy two for the, for your average person. But yeah, it's a par seventy for the pros. Yeah, so re- reducing the second to a uh, par four, so it's a downhill par five for us. It's monster par four now. Yeah, it's like five hundred yards only though, so it's still a monster for the modern pro. So you're looking at like a tree wood down to the 200 yard marker, probably a six iron into the, the middle of a green, two putt par, off you go. Ah, oh, golf is easy. <laughs> but then the, the Klondike, it's, again, it's only about 470 yards, par five for us, normally downwind. Fairway is only about 27 yards wide at the widest point. And it all kicks down off the right, but like that rough is massively up now. Yeah, so you really have to be pinpoint accuracy. So you're hitting an iron off the tee, possibly a long iron into the green. Again, blind second shot, and that your caddy also gets a good look at the green before you come off the first green. Yeah, like they do get a look at it when they're on the first green and when they're on the second tee box to see where the pin is. But when you're actually on the fairway, it is the size of a four-story detached house. That's how big the dune is, right? Yeah, it would be in fairness. And there's a little V in fairness that you can hit over, but it's just even if you go over the V and stay straight, you could be on the green about 40-foot putt over a ridge. You know, So you really have to know where the pin is before you go up hitting your second shot. Yeah, like I described to someone there this morning, uh, Lehinch for the pros, they really got to trust their game in terms of the amount of blind shots off the tee. Blind shots in terms of you don't know if there's a fairway there. Yeah. Like they would have played practice on, so they know, but add that level of blind shots and then add some, hopefully some wind, and they really got to trust off the tee, don't they? Yeah, they do. And it's off the tee, like some of the, some of the fairways, you really need to pick a perfect spot for your approach shot. Like if you're too far or you're too short, it just makes it, it could be the difference between hitting the, a six iron and a nine iron into certain greens. Yeah, so when we come to who do we think will come away with the trophy on Sunday, um, you're kind of looking at ball strikers and people who are, you know, really good with their iron play, more so that than, than the bombers off the tee, right? Yeah, it's like Lint isn't the be-all and end-all in the hinge. There's a couple of long holes well, that we find long in fairness that these pros mightn't. They're all long for me. But, <laughs> but again, it all depends on what way the wind blows. Like if you could be hitting the majority of irons off tees, maybe tree woods, just but you have to find a fairway. If you go into the rough at all, it's just hack out and away you go again. You know you can't be going with your six iron out of the rough and try to land in the middle of the green. You and I would be happy with fairway, but for the pros to really take this place apart, which I hope they don't do, but if they really take it apart, they'll be looking at specific landing zones, at specific size of fairways. It's, it's Aster McKenzie true and true. So if you're at the right part of the fairway, you'll have an easier second shot into the green where you'll have more scope for a variety of different shots to hit in because it's all designed around the way the wind blows as well. It's designed around the southwesterly wind. So we'll take take a hole as an example. So take the seventh hole as an example, okay? So they'll be teeing off the tips. The tips are the tips way back there. They're all <laughs> teeing off in town. And what's it from back there from a carry from the tips? I've not played it from the tips. John has. It's about 240 carry, but it could be into the wind. The majority of the time it's nearly into the wind. So and 240 to the start of the fairway. Yeah, and the way you look at the fairway, it looks so narrow from the tee box. It looks like it's only 15, 20 you yards wide. You can't see the fairway. You can't. You can see the start of it. That's about it. And the pathway up to the fairway that looks like fairway. So aim for the path, high fade and pray. Yeah, exactly. And then you're left with second shot of possibly 170 yards 
out to a green that's going back out into the sea that you can't miss on the left at all. Yeah, but like take it back to we'll say what part of the fairway they want to be on. So if they hit the fairway, great. Never mind that ocean of rough on the right hand yeah. of the fairway. Or the left or, hand side of the fairway. Or the left. <laughs> so where in the fairway do you want to be? We'll just take seven as an example. We're not going to go to every every hole every hole in the course. But where do you want to be on seven? I'd personally favour the left hand side. Yeah, left hand side. You keep it tight left, it makes the second shot that bit shorter. You still have to worry about all that heavy rough on the left. You know, it, it does kick in, but not a lot. Yeah, so in terms of size of landing zone, what are you talking about? Put seven yards for perfection. Yeah, you've got a seven-yard circle, and if you're two yards left of that circle, you're goosed. So the kind of bailout area for me and anyone who, like, overfades the ball is, like, is long right, if you think about it. But that carry from the tips is, like, 295. Yeah, and then you're also bringing in, there's a, a mound on the right-hand side of heavy rough. So if you're going, your bailout shot is out right, you're going to bring that into play which makes your next shot even more difficult yeah so i i kind of go i go okay i'm going to bomb it up the right here and um, if i if i was able to hit it that far off the tips i would bomb it i would try and bomb it up the right aim it over the left side of the of that car path high fade gets up to the the far right of the fairway because if the wind is blowing i have more variety then for my second shot true yeah but again it's a long second shot like you're looking at possibly hitting from the far right you could be hitting anything up to five four iron into that green if you're on the left hand side you could be hitting an 8 iron into the green yeah but these guys are good they're not me these yeah guys but they're not going to hold the green from 200 yards with a 4 iron we'll see so coming to who we think is going to win we've got an ocean we've got 13 of the top 50 we have a few of the Irish guys who is your 3 people and they don't have to be from the top the top 50 players who are coming who are your 3 picks who are you going to go down to Paddy Power other bookies are available so who are you going to go down and put your 2 euro each way on I'd love to see Gray McDowell do it just because he's won the South I followed him around the year he won the South I think it was 2000 or 2001 and I remember him winning his match on 16 so I'd, I'd love to see him do it again in La Hinch and then bring him up to or not bring him up but meet him up in Kinney's for a few drinks <laughs> yeah it'll be best buds yeah best buds <laughs> friend <laughs> alright so that, that's Gray McDowell GMAC okay yeah number two has to be um, Tommy Fleetwood Tommy Fleetwood is just a legend Tommy, if you're listening to this, we actually met you in a lift in Munich two years ago. That, that's not as dodgy as it sounds. No, we it, won it a trip to the BMW International, so thank you BMW for that one. That's that's twice you've mentioned BMW. It is twice. Uh, send the sponsorship in the post. <laughs> <laughs> Link in serious. description, get rich off commission. Yeah, we met Tommy in a, in a lift. We won a prize. Uh, two prizes. We, well, we were getting, that's, another, <laughs> that's, a, that's a story for another podcast. But yeah, we were staying in the Hilton Hotel in Munich with ne- all the players. Next I door knew, to Tommy. Next, well, next door to Tommy. Yeah, it was all quiet, <laughs> and uh, we were we were there for the pro am. You played with Ernie House, hopefully yeah. another podcast, Ernie. Yeah, we we left the room, and we were a little bit late after the night before, and we were kind of half jogging, definitely sweating, to get down to the elevator to go down for breakfast before we hit for the course, and we got up to the lift, and it was just closing, and then a hammer down. He goes, "All right, boys, I get that there for you." Worst well, Tommy Fleetwood accent ever. Ever. John walks in. Thanks, thanks, thanks. Kind of turns to me. Kind of recognise him. Who is he? And I said, it's Tommy fucking Fleetwood, man. <laughs> really nice guy. Got a selfie with him about four hours later, though, in the bar. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> they were fangirling big time when you knew who it was. But yeah, so Tommy Fleetwood, G-Mac. And Shane Lowry. You know, you have to go with the Irish boys. The Shane, man Clara. Shane, Shane Lowry doesn't like the hinge, apparently, but we'll, we'll see. Can he change it this weekend? No, I think he just doesn't like the power of it. But that's... You know, he's entitled to his opinion. I kind of agree with him, though. No, I I agree with him. But again, he never played well in the South. You know, he's never featured, never got to 
quarter final, semi final. Class is permanent, though, right? Look at him now. True, true. John Scarrett, not controversial whatsoever. <laughs> so they're your three picks. I'd love to see one of the Irish guys win it. Gavin Moynihan, I think, is class. Short game is unbelievable. Performing well the last few weeks as well. Seamus Power. Another Irish guy, I'd love to see win it again. They're not my picks, but I'd love to see them do really, really well. Seamus Power, predominantly on the PGA Tour, so really good to see him play in Europe and especially play in Ireland and more so play in Le Hinch. My picks, though, are slightly English. So we've got Matt Wallace. I have a lot of time for Matt uh, in terms of how he presents himself, how, he, how the etiquette he has, how he goes about his business. He's also an unbelievable player, number 24 in the world. Very, very consistent. And Louis Oosthuizen. Um, South African major winner. Uh, I thought this was supposed to have an English twist on it. Matt Wallace is English. Yeah, but then we're going to South Africa now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matty Wallace, Louis Eustazen, um I followed him since back in the Smurf at European Open 2004, the first tournament I went to. Um, stayed in the same B&B as his caddy and possibly him as well, but I didn't know who he was at the time. But look at him now. <laughs> Creep. <laughs> <laughs> and the third pick is, is the postman. Nice. Yeah, Ian Poulter. So... Um, hopefully he does deliver come Sunday. What happened to Hao Tong Lee? Hao Tong Lee is one of my favorite players on tour. He's unbelievably long off the tee. The caliber that's there in terms of the likes of Tommy Fleetwoods, Matt Wallace, Louis Oosthuizen. Hao Tong has won a couple of times on tour, so definitely no, not someone to discount. Um, but I definitely like to see him up there as well. I'll Ooh. put you on each way, Hao Tong. So aside from the golf, there's actually loads and loads of things to see. I've been to numerous events in the past, not a lot. I'm going to ride a cup been to BMW International been to many an Irish Open so there are loads of things laid on the European Tour is laying it on thick thank you Paul McGinley for bringing it here uh, the Spectator Village is a hive of activity you've interactive sporting activities you've hitting nets for getting people into the game kids ladies and men alike bunker challenges Callaway nears the pin and longest drives Ju Dubai Duty Free will be there Fauci Ireland loads of different uh, exhibitions from the likes of Golf Digest BMW have loads of nice cars on display you have the official European Tour merchandise shop so pick yourself up an Irish Open flag and head over to the range and try and get all the pros to sign it you then have entertainment each day in the Spectator Village, which is actually on the Castle Course. They're covering the first, second and third holes. On Thursday and Friday, actually each day you have player Q&As on the show stage. Friday night you have Sharon Shannon playing on the show stage. That's uh, starting around 8pm. Saturday, the Logues are on, are on stage, followed by Brave Giant at half six, who are then followed by Chasing Abbey at eight o'clock. That's all in the show stage in the Spectator Arena down, as we call it, on the Castle Course. But then uptown... And um, there's fireworks, right? Fireworks on Saturday night on the on the prom, and there's also a bit more music for uh, people that don't want to go to the golf or they're just visiting the hinge for the weekend for the atmosphere. So there's uh, a couple of different bands playing throughout the day. There's face painting for kids. There's balloons. Yeah, there's like a big family fun day. Um, I think it's running every day in the hinge. Every, right? every day, yeah. So it's going to be Friday, Saturday, Sunday. With the I think the almost every day Friday, almost Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, but sure, you're leaving out Wednesday, Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> there is also bio events being run by the girls from Doolin, the Gary, um, Avian Gary, Gary, yeah, yeah, and Darren I think will be showing up as well. They're running in the tented village. Our top five things, mine first, of course, because it's my podcast. Uh, to do around the hinge, around the golf, etc. So number one, definitely the sporting events in the tented village is number one for me. Try and win a bit of stuff. Yeah, true. Putting long drive. Callaway are sponsoring it. You're not going to win a long drive, though, in fairness. Well, hopefully it's a straight one. Um, the BO events are definitely to be seen with um, with the Gary. He's there. Outside of the golf, definitely, if you can, grab a surf. It's one of the best surfing beaches in the world. But at least dip your toes in the Atlantic Ocean. Get a 99 from Enzo's. 
uh, and then snake up to the village for, for a cheeky drink or two. Um, my personal favourite would be the 19th or Frawley's. Frawley's um, would have closed before my time of, of reaching 18 and used to be one of the best places in Lahinch for, for a pint of porter, right? Yeah, it's the, the smallest bar you'll ever see. Um, it's it's great though. It's it's the way it was when Tom was, sm- when Tom was small and before he died, unfortunately, but it has one tap with Guinness. There's bottles of beer. There's glasses there's ice there's no lemon i'd hope there was glasses <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> there's a, a new beer garden at the back that they're just finishing off so i was talking to the head barman there on thursday in the hinch and he was saying that it should be open for the irish open so fingers crossed fingers crossed on that one so john five things that you want to do see you can include god for around the, around the town yeah so it has to be the, the bureau events with uh Aileen garrahy so i think that's kicking off on saturday morning at half ten Give or take. Yeah, so it's a bit of a nearly start for me, to be honest. Grab a coffee in Mohawk Cottage in the Tented Village. Yeah, true. There's a bit of uh, burnt smoked salmon there as well, actually. So hit that up. In the All morning. the sponsors are rolling in soon. <laughs> uh, in relation to going uptown, so there's a couple of really good pubs uptown. Uh, Kinney's would be one of my favourite. Uh, it's got great music at night. Good, good atmosphere in there. Food is amazing in there as well. And we're also lucky enough to have a couple of nice restaurants. So uh, Randaddy's down on the prom. Uh, really good food. Service is pretty good. And it's overlooking the sea. I'd also go to O'Looney's. It's that place that was, um, you might remember when the storms were in a couple of years ago and it blew in all the windows. Uh, it has been cleaned up since. It has been cleaned up. The windows have been reinstated. Triple, quadruple glazed windows. Bullet, bullet and definitely <laughs> wave proof. Um, but definitely if you're looking for a meal or a salad or, or something healthy or not so healthy, get into O'Looney's. Or out of O'Looney's onto the nice little beer garden that's out looking out over the sea as well. Yeah, get into the beer garden if you're John, if you're me and you have a couple of kids, get into inside, they have lovely boots, uh, but it's more so the scenery, the view, you're looking right over the Scanner Bay, next stop New York type of stuff. So that's a couple of things from you, John. Have you a couple more? No, that's pretty much the hinge, to be honest. You know, it's, it's pubs and food and golf and surf, so you, we've kind of covered it all off in between us, to be honest, and you stole my ideas. So. I definitely steal all of John's best ideas. From myself and John, I just want to recognize the Trojan work that the Hinge team have done. Our general manager, Paddy Keane, the green keeping team led by Brian McDonough and Paddy Grealish, plus all the volunteering help uh, from neighboring golf courses throughout the week and also from abroad. Of course, this would all not have been possible without the living legend that is Paul McGinley. Paul, from the bottom of our hearts, we would like to thank you for bringing the Irish Open to Lynch. Thanks, Paul. As part of every podcast going forward uh, with guests, either co-hosts or interviewees, there will be a quick fire round as kind of a signifying um, that the podcast is approaching an end. So quick fire with you, John. The first thing that comes into your head, there is approximately eight or nine questions. So what would your walk on song be? Uh, Counting Crows, Mr. Jones. Gym or pizza? Pizza in the gym. Hat, (laughs) visor or bucket hat? A hat. Happy Gilmore or Tin Cup? Happy Gilmore. Guinness or Heineken? Guinness. Le Hinch or Port Marnock? Oh, Le Hinch all day. Absolutely. Instagram or Twitter? Uh, Instagram. But I'm only new enough to Instagram, to be honest. What's the handle? Uh, jscarriot85. Play or practice? Play. I hate practice. I love practice. <laughs> it's been great having you on the show, John. Looking forward to doing many more shows with you, buddy. Oh, cheers, lad. To close out each show, I want to have a segment for all of you, the 
hopefully the listeners so i posted our listener my mom (laughs) so i posted a question on social media you know where to find me at paddy underscore golf instagram twitter all those lovely places please put it up there recently which i have received a number of replies on also my mom so thank you very much for getting involved the question was why do you love golf so from at d clancy physio thank you dave it's a very social and challenging mentally and physically that's golf not dave at stephen.martin.1466 he says he loves golf to get some me time i can definitely align with that one there's nothing better than having the course yourself just at sunset really good for the head or first thing in the morning get out at half seven get your game of golf in and still get home and have a bit of family time afterwards definitely at gary3872 he says he loves golf for being able to improve his game at all times i want to play golf with you gary if you improve your game at every single round (laughs) Uh, can learn a thing or two at this dad golfs so definitely dad like the two of us many reasons he loves golf it takes you away from the stresses of work and life it's also the unmasterable sport so i definitely can align with that one yeah the, the only thing i'd say in that is it's great for work as well it gets me out of the office every couple of days typical banker <laughs> so thanks folks for getting involved thank you all for listening hit the show a follow rate and review it if that's your style most of all please share the show with your family and friends thanks for pressing play Until we tee it up again soon, I'm Patty.